to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors, my journey in those aspects of life, and why I do that is because I want you to live a happier, healthier, more successful life, and follow along with my journey as I do the same. That's my goal. I want to be a better provider, protector, presider as a as a dad, as a husband in our home, but also I just want to live a more fulfilled life and I want you to do the same. Today I have awesome guests. It was a podcast that I was able to record when I was back down in Texas. Heroes on the Water is an awesome organization. You guys are going to get to know them a little bit better. Uh, but basically they love taking veterans and people who have served our community, our country and getting them and their families taken care of, getting them outdoors, helping them as well succeed in life, but of course incorporating the importance of the outdoors. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you guys today. And before we get into that, of course, uh, this podcast is brought to you by some amazing companies that I'm able to work with, uh, partners of the show. All the links are down below, guys. Definitely go check them out. Your support of these companies definitely helps the podcast continue to grow and, of course, get you good quality gear. That was one of the main reasons why I even started Redbeard Outdoors is to do gear reviews and to test equipment to make sure that you guys don't waste your money on cheap gear or things that's going to break down on you or tear up your gut with nutrition, whatever it may be. That's what I'm here for, to kind of show you the direction in which I go, and I want you to get the high-quality nutrition and gear that you need in your life. So, of course, go join me over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. No, you don't have to have a red beard. No, you don't have to be extremely fit. It's a great group of individuals, private group on Facebook. One of the main reasons why I still have a Facebook, to be honest with you. And uh, it's a great community. Uh, go get linked up, meet some new people, and uh, share your experiences. We're all sharing our journey of fitness and health, getting better, and just living happier, healthier, more successful lives. Of course, uh, once you've joined Redbeard's Fit Crew, I'd also love to see you over at First Form Outdoors. Uh, the First Form Outdoors family on Facebook is just another great group of individuals looking to better their lives. You're going to create a, a basically a, a friend group that you won't be able to get rid of. <laughs> it's a group that is just wanting you to succeed, and that's hard to come across nowadays. People always want to pull you down to their level. If you want to up your game, you definitely got to surround yourself with good people. So Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors Facebook groups. All the other companies and links are down below, guys. Go check them out. Again, your support of these companies helps the show and, of course, helps these other companies grow as well, which is what we want. Good U.S. companies and uh, smaller companies that are providing good quality equipment and nutrition. So definitely go check out the companies down below. Also, if you get something out of this conversation, guys, uh, I would really appreciate it if you would share the show, tag me on Instagram or Facebook, wherever it is that you share it. And of course, if you have any questions, you can send me an email. You can send me a message on Instagram is where I'm, I'm most active and, and more likely to answer. But you can also, of course, join these groups and shoot me a message over there in the groups. I'd love to chat with you, love to help you out and answer any questions you may have. Without further ado, guys... Here's the great conversation that I had with the ladies from Heroes on the Water. All right, I've got some great guests here from Heroes on the Water. We've got Camille and Laura here. And uh, Camille and Laura, if you want to give a brief introduction of who you are and uh, what's Heroes on the Water. Sure. 
effort. So I'm Laura Lindsay. I'm the Director of Communications and Community Engagement, and we are a 501c3. We take veterans, law enforcement, first responders, and their families kayak fishing. It uh, helps with symptoms of post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and gives them a great community to lean on and um, just build good friendships. So, That's awesome. Camille? My name is Camille, um, and um, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> You're the director. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> you forgot the title. That's funny. I love editing, right? Uh, so, I'm Camille. I'm the director of, oper- director of volunteer programs for Heroes on the Water, and I manage uh, three staff people and a 60-some-odd chapters or almost 60 chapters worth of volunteers That's throughout awesome. the U.S. Cool. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So Heroes on the Water, uh, you've been working for them for a while now, um, I'm assuming, just from reading your bios. But uh, with with Heroes on the Water, you know, that's something that kind of strikes home for me because I didn't serve in the military, but all of my family did. Um, and so I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that don't necessarily think about veterans as people that have given a lot. They just kind of get back into society and and they're just kind of left that way. And but, you know, growing up in in a community full of veterans, um, I understand that it shouldn't be that way. And I think it's awesome that you guys work for an organization that focuses so heavily on um, making sure that they have the same opportunities or better opportunities, even um, by giving of your time. Right. To to help them get on the water. So is it specifically kayaking? Is that what you're kayak fishing? So it's it's kayak fishing. Our founder, Jim Dolan, um, started the organization in 2007. He um, it's an arm a you Air, Air Force, Force veteran, okay. yes, mm-hmm. and flew for American Airlines. I kind of got that all in one sentence. Oh, I that's got awesome. All up. And he loved to fish and went down to the coast to try kayak fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to tell you the story because it's yeah, awesome. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And this so is gets, where my husband. This met is where him. yeah. So Camille's oh, husband awesome. meets him like in the very very beginning, and he's he he was a big man. He's really tall big just bear hug kind of a guy made you feel great just yeah. being in the room with him so he goes out he has to kayak he's he's dedicated to doing this and back then as i understand it the fishing kayaks were not as wide and maybe as stable as they are now so he gets in it paddling around flips it yard sale right mm-hmm. that's okay everybody's laughing it's no big deal he gets all his stuff gets back in it paddles some more flips it Oh, man. So being the lovely group of people that they are and so, you know, heartwarming and all that, they immediately <laughs> nicknamed him Double Dip. And it stuck <laughs> forever. That's but awesome. he loved it anyway. And he, he was like, look, this is really cool. And our veterans are coming back. And the and anyone who works in our industry knows this. That's why there's so many nonprofits doing so many things. The reintegration process is not good. Mm-hmm. And he said, we can do something with this, and I really want to do something to help. So um, he works with the recreational therapist at Brook Army Medical Center, where they have an amazing program. And um, I'm going to let Camille tell the rest of the story, but it's it's amazing. That was our very first outing was to work in a therapeutic program at Bamsey to take awesome. some, some people out. So Yeah, they um, Jim worked with her. They brought a group of kids a group of kids and I say kids because they were all young um down to the coast the Texas coast um my husband and a group of other kayak anglers at the time um got together took them out and 
in some cases, there's a couple of really cool stories that came out of that weekend. Um, but one of them was a kid who wasn't, he just wasn't communicative. Communicative. Mm-hmm. I really have that hard time with that. He didn't word. want to talk. He didn't want to talk <laughs> yeah. to people. Talk yeah. when he spoke when spoken to, okay. but he really wouldn't jump in and engage in mm-hmm. a conversation. Um, so they got him out on the water, took a little bit, got him out on the water after two days on the boat, on the kayak and fishing, catching a few fish by Sunday evening, they could not shut him up. Mm. He was just nonstop about, did you see this? Did you, you know, I've got to catch this. And, and he was just really wound up and excited. And the debrief afterwards with his therapist, she explained that he had a wall built up. Mm. And he didn't have safe memories mm. to talk to anybody about or anything safe references yeah. to engage in conversations. And what taking them out on the water and giving them that safe space to explore, learn new things, um, gave him safe topics to talk about and something to be excited about again. Um, and it replaced some of the bad things, you know, yeah. it just kind of put something between that. And, um, gave him you know hope and that's one of the things we hear a lot of is it gave me hope yep exactly yeah it's uh you know it's really sad to see that they get used up you know a lot of veterans obviously there's 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 people in in every community that necessarily aren't the best people right but with veterans it's different in my opinion where uh, they get used up by by so many different groups of people um, they most people join to serve uh, they they want to serve their country their family their community and then uh, when they get done with their service it's kind of like all right well thanks for your time and that's it there's not a lot of integration back into society and handling a war zone versus taking the the things that you learned on how to handle a war zone and bringing it back home uh, doesn't really apply right there's nothing applicable there. You're right. Exactly. And that's why a lot of people that come back, uh, they fight with their spouses, they fight with their kids, because they look at everything as a battle that they have to win, mm-hmm. right? Instead of learning that you have to separate that. There's not really a lot to teach you how to do that. And it's, it's super unfortunate. But I can see how fishing um, is super calming. A lot of people would call that boring. But um, even if you're not having a good day of catching a lot of fish, it can be a lot of fun because mm-hmm. you're out on the water, um, unless you're like me and you just get burnt to a crisp. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it, it's it's pretty awesome that that's what you guys do. Now I do want to ask each of you individually what um, what got you into the outdoors? Like originally, did you grow up in it? Is this adult onset fishing? Kind of like adult <laughs> onset fishing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like going a... on my next T-shirt. I'm go. just telling you right now. Um, well, adult onset hunting's a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So I figured adult onset fishing. Uh, so I um, was raised on a farm in the Panhandle of Texas mm-hmm. by a man who's an avid outdoorsman and fisherman, and my entire family on both my mom, mom's and dad's side fished and hunted and we just we grew up with it it's what you did i mean when you're in the middle of nowhere you better learn to play outside and enjoy it and you know we just we would go to family reunions and everybody would fish and i grew up in a boat with a pole in the water and hanging out and swimming and doing the whole bit on possum kingdom lake so that's awesome it's just how it was like I, i wouldn't and it's that way for my um nieces and nephew too like we wouldn't know what to do if we weren't doing that to us that's just 
normal. It's how it's done. Right. So. And you didn't ever get tired of it? Like, some people, they kind of peak, and they're like, they get bored with the fishing or the hunting or whatever with the outdoors. You oh, never got no. Tired well, no. I was a pretty typical teenage girl. I had no desire to be, I wanted to be sunning <laughs> on the boat and getting a tan. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be fishing. I didn't want to do that. It wasn't until I was an adult when the un- adult onset fishing hit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I remembered, and part of it is just remembering, and I think this works this way for a lot of our participants too. They would fish with their parents or grandparents or whatever, and they were really fond memories, mm. and then they hadn't done it in a really long time. Yeah. And then you get an opportunity to get it back out there and do it again with a bunch of people who are enjoying themselves. And it's such a powerful experience because it's calming and it is peaceful but you're with people that are like-minded and understand and you have this community back that you miss from not being in the military or part of a law enforcement or first responder group they they have to be insulated in a way Mm -hmm. and so for me it's a little bit the same as being around a bunch of people that really enjoy it and so now I'm like I gotta go buy a new fishing pole (laughs) (laughs) yep exactly no I agree the the community aspect is what a lot of uh, military members miss mm-hmm. and why a lot of people they'll get out and then they re-enlist you know mm-hmm. um, because that's what that's something they miss you can't really find that community in a lot of places outside of uh, the military and and so creating that community is definitely important I would agree with you on that mm-hmm. and uh, Camille what's your story with the outdoors so I I grew up in Houston but my father was an avid fisherman mm. that's what most of our family vacations were were some kind of fishing vacation. Um, we continued that. I married a man who loved to hunt fish and play golf. And so I like two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and he didn't just hunt, he bow hunts, yeah. he, you know, it's, yeah. it's a little bit of it all, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, fortunately he, with me and him and our daughters, we just kind of continued and, it was our way of our family vacations. You know, my daughters have paddled the Everglades. My daughters have paddled Chandelier Islands. And, you know, so they understand and appreciate being outdoors. But my husband was a retired Houston police officer, or is a retired Houston mm-hmm. police officer. And during his time on the department, that's that's all he knew as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. He grew up hunting and fishing, so... That was his first instinct. If he had a case that was really weighing on him, he knew he needed to go and get away for a little while. He'd go out on his boat, take his kayak, Mm -hmm. and disappear for two or three days and come back and be able to switch gears and play dad to two preteen or teenage Mm -hmm. daughters. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. it was... uh, it was a necessary part of our lives to to be healthy and you know survive in a lot of cases so that's how it resonated when jim talked to him about starting heroes on the water it resonated with him right and and him and i from the beginning have done what we could when we could you know to help the organization get started um by no means a, a a major role um, but I did tell Jim years ago, as soon as I could afford a nonprofit salary, I'd come work for him. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we lost Jim in 2019. And um, I, I, I just I tell his wife all the time, I know he knows. And I'm, I'm proud that I'm finally doing it. Yeah, yeah that's, 
I'm sorry to hear about that Thank loss. You. That's uh, that's that's difficult. Losing anyone close is, is difficult for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is amazing that you're giving a lot. You gave up a, a nicer salary mm-hmm. to go and do this because it's something that you love. Mm-hmm. And um, and you mentioned you have children. Uh, how do you do they get involved with this at all, or do you just take them outdoors? How do, how do you involve them in the outdoors or this mission? Um, so both of my daughter now my daughters is like I said we did vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad was a a writer and a photographer, so we kind of combined stories Mm -hmm. that he needed to get content he needed to get with family vacations. So yeah, they've always been, you know, both of my daughters own their own kayaks and, you know, we live on 80 acres now with a pond and my grandchildren now sit on the end of the dock with fishing poles and popping corks. And, (laughs) you know, so it's, it's, that's all part of our, it's just part of our lives. And, um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that so, sounds that so. sounds pretty awesome, having 80 acres and a pond. And um, I'd love to have some land someday. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to remember, chicken. I'm... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Hmm? And a lap chicken. And a lap... <laughs> I do have a lap chicken. I do have a lap chicken. So, that's awesome. But this was, this was a goal. I mean, mm. we worked a lot of years, and, and we're very fortunate that we could retire... Not that neither of us really quit working. Yeah. We just retired from the original careers. Right. <laughs> and now we're doing stuff we enjoy and we want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, and I noticed that about a lot of people that um, really enjoy what they do. They don't really ever retire. They just mm-hmm. retire into something else. Right. <laughs> uh, I just had a I just had a, a buddy that he served, um, I want to say, 20 or 22 years in the in the police Um he was a SWAT instructor and a bunch of other things, so kind of high-level stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he just recently retired, but he's retiring to start his own company. Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of been building it up over the last couple of years, and um, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really amazing. And, again, the mission behind uh, Heroes on the Water is just – I mean, I can't say it enough. It's, it's awesome to, to have – that sort of organization. Now, you guys, are you just in Texas, or do you reach out throughout the country? We have almost 60 chapters throughout the U.S. Mm. Oh, yeah, you so we that, have yeah. all the way up to northern part of New York and up in that area, okay. and then all the way around to northern Oregon. So um, we have, uh, I think we're at 59 this week. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's it, it kind of changes, you yeah, know, so, yeah. but yeah, we, um, they are all volunteer led. A, a typical chapter is led by at least four volunteers. And we do that to spread the, the responsibilities and, and the burden. Mm-hmm. Um, so not one person ends up feeling like they're pulling the whole weight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, it, each one has their own personality based on regionally, you know, certain people like certain type of kayaks because mm. they work better in the waters in their area, or they like to target certain species because it's more accessible in their particular area. Mm. So it does lend to different personalities. We have some chapters led by active duty guys. So again, we have, you know, a little bit different personality there. Um, we have one, at least one chapter, if not two, that are almost wholly ran by law enforcement officers. 
what we're seeing an uptick of is um, reach outs from health awareness or mental health awareness for officers mm -hmm. um, and, for, and firefighters and mm -hmm. EMTs, especially coming out of, out of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing more and more um, companies and departments um, implementing these health awareness, mental health awareness programs and putting a staff person in charge of outreach. Mm. And we've been, we're the type of organization that they reach out to. Gotcha. Okay. So if, is there an application process to get part of this organization to become part of a member of a chapter? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the process with that? So we, um, we do have, um, we, however they contact us the website is our best heroesonthewater.org has multiple ways but if you hit the contact us there's a little entry form there and you can say i want to volunteer i want to donate i want to start a new chapter there's several different things options on that form so and it comes directly to the appropriate person depending on what you put on there so um, if they say i want to start a chapter it comes directly to me I will interview them and talk to them about, give them the highlights of mm. what it takes to run a chapter, what it's like to run a chapter, um, what our expectations are, and then interview them to find out if they really, you know, understand what a commitment it mm -hmm. can be. Um, it's not overwhelming as long as you're sharing, yeah. you know, but you're in charge of anywhere from six to 40 kayaks oh, we have some of them that that have fleets that large um but it built up over time and they have that one particular chapter that has that many has also 27 people on their volunteer team so you know there there's a lot of sharing there and and that's what makes them successful um but they come to me i talk to them about you know what it takes and we do a little interview type deal and then i send them on to to one of my staff members to start the process of filing paperwork we mm -hmm. you know we do have background checks on certain positions um we do have confidentiality agreements and things like that in place so um we kind of go through the paperwork process then we help them with the finding or purchasing kayaks and the rest of their equipment and helping them set up how their community outreach is going to go. We give them a website and a Facebook page. Her team sets all of that up for them and um, helps them with flyers. And so, and then I have three staff members that are volunteer program coordinators. And each of them, when a chapter starts up, they're assigned to one of them. And then that's their point person. That's awesome. So uh, people can just volunteer or say they want to start a chapter. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then as far as um, becoming part of, so like someone that is a veteran, for mm -hmm. example, do they give, the, are they volunteers as well? Or they just become part of this chapter that... Uh, a participant? Yeah, a participant. participant? Mm -hmm. it, it, it sometimes, yeah. I mean, okay. they can reach out. So... On our website, and I'll let you, I'll go ahead and Laura and let you talk about the website and how they can reach out that way, how so, participants can. Yeah, help. so like Camille said, there's there's a couple of ways for, for participants to get in touch with us. You can just go to the contact form and say, I want to participate. It's a drop down and okay. put your information in. Please put where you are because mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Yes. Or 
There's also under programs, there's the volunteer led chapters and there's a map and you just go to the map, you click on the dot closest to you and find the chapter that's closest to you and just email them and say, hey, I'm a veteran law enforcement, first responder, whatever, and I would really like to come out at your next event. They put you on a list. They um, do the outreach through the list, sign up soon because they do have a limited number of kayaks and make sure that you can go. Um, and then you just show up and then you, you sign your liability waiver, your media waiver, you go through a safety briefing because these are non-negotiable. It's also non-negotiable to wear a PFD. We don't care what your background is. We know that you can probably swim. That's not the point. Even if you're a SEAL. Mm, that's right. See, you knew. I didn't have to pay you for that. We have had that discussion. Yeah. Right? It's like, look, guy, you know, we really appreciate what you did, tough guy, but yeah. put on the life jacket or you're not getting in the kayak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we, we show if it's a, if you're not come, haven't done it in a while or you've never done it before, we have people that, that show you. We have guides they will be out on the water with you. So it's always safety is a big thing with us. We want to make sure everybody is comfortable. And then um, you go fishing for four or five hours. You come back. Um, we have whistles and radios and different things that we let you know when it's time to come back in. And you eat lunch and tell your favorite fish story and get to meet some great new friends and go home and ideally come back and do it the next month. Because yeah. there's a couple of things that are a little different about us. We really want you to bring your family members your dog whoever like just bring them because we believe that wellness is the whole unit not Mm -hmm. just the one person and um we believe in recurring experiences so we would like for you to come back repeatedly and for many of our volunteer chapter people um that's how it starts they start as a participant and then they start moving up to volunteering and then they become part of the leadership team and that actually is part of their journey they said giving back to all of these our community is is really healing for them as well that's awesome yeah i and i love that you're saying giving back because in uh i've recorded a couple podcasts today and it's funny that every single person has said that and i'm finding that to be kind of a theme for the outdoors focused community um is that people that genuinely get out in nature uh have that tendency yes like we we hunt and we fish and yes we're taking resources Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're wanting to give back and whether it be volunteering or helping someone else get outdoors or uh conservation through animals uh things like that there's it's it's interesting to me that i've seen that theme um with just about everyone that i talk to that that is into the outdoors and uh and and i think that's awesome and it's really great that you know there's that option to be the participant and then you move on to volunteering. Do you have uh, like seminars or anything, or is it mainly just chilling? We're gonna go fishing and enjoy it, like a campfire afterwards, stuff like that. That's right. pretty much yeah. yeah awesome. This kayak fishing is our primary modality, yeah. so that is that is our focus and and what we've found that that works. And we're working now with our new therapeutic program. Mm. We have a, a new division that's run by someone who's also been around. Um, as long as Camille has since mm-hmm. the beginning, Joe, and he, as the director of therapeutic programs, is responsible for aligning us with the VA and the soldier recovery unit and working directly with those therapeutic um, program people to mm-hmm. get our kayak fishing program within their entire rehabilitative process. So it's part of their program. That becomes part of the wellness program for those people overall. And um, they are the ones that the therapeutic program manager what are they called rec therapists the recreational therapists there we go that person (laughs) 
um, brings them out themselves awesome. and and we facilitate the event and all of that is also at no charge so there's no charge to a participant there's no charge to the VA there's no charge to the SRU everything we do we get through our amazing supporters and donations so um, through that program we're getting a study mm-hmm. so that we can have our actual um, metrics that prove how this program is really helping people because we know it does we've got mm-hmm. 14 years under our belt um, and now we're going to go get the numbers to show everybody else. That's awesome. The one of Jim's wishes was that one day a doctor would be able to write a prescription for paddlefish heel. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so we're getting getting closer and closer to that. The therapeutic program um, is is definitely something that I know he would be very, very proud of mm-hmm. um, because that's where we started mm-hmm. was with Brooks Army Medical and working with the SRU. Now we're doing it in six other or five other facilities mm-hmm. and working with them. And every week we bring kayaks out. The same group comes out and, and fishes with us every Tuesday or every Wednesday or whatever their day is, you know. And so we're, we're, we're planting that seed. Mm-hmm. Now, when they do get released from the hospital, they have this in their in their quiver to bring back out into the general population, and they can come out and find one of our volunteer chapters to get involved with and and continue. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I I really like so kayaking. Like you know, everyone loves riding in a boat and going boat fishing, but there's something to say about kayaking and how calming. It can be uh, just to sit, especially the, the newer stable ones, you know. But for for kayaking, um, do you guys provide the kayaks? You do? We do. Yes. So okay. we each chapter has their kayaks, their PFDs, their rods, mm-hmm. the reels. Um, we All the equipment and everything is provided to the participant, which is why it's important that they sign up early. Yeah. Everything <laughs> so that they can the fish, get right? Everything okay. but the, yeah. Can't guarantee you're going to catch a fish, but we try. Yeah. Um, and then depending on how the event goes, the leadership team will make the decision to do two runs if they want to. So maybe they have a group that goes out in the morning and a group that goes out mm-hmm. in the afternoon, depending on how, mm-hmm. how many people sign up. Cause, so we do our very best to accommodate as many as possible during an event so that everybody can you know, enjoy the healing power. That's amazing. That's really cool. So um, for, for both of you, uh, what is it about, why veterans, I guess, why not uh, disabled, why not, you know, because there's a disabled outdoorsman chapter in Utah that I know some of the guys really well. Um, there's, you know, disabled veterans organizations. Why why veterans? Like, why not any other organization? Well, that was, a lot of that was Jim. So yeah. he recognized early on there were several things about the way that, and, and not to, okay, all the other organizations are doing really great work. Right. So yeah. we don't want to sit here and no. say that's mm-hmm. not what we're saying here. It's no, just no, no. That what he noticed that there was a gap. Mm-hmm. And the gap that he noticed was, one, it, it was a barrier. These mm-hmm. are, are men and women that have been through a lot. And right. depending on how they were released from the military, it may have been something as radical as they were hit by a roadside bomb. They went mm-hmm. through the rehab, and now they're out in the street. Like, they were intending to spend a career there, and now it's gone. It's yeah. like that, something that most of us never have to deal with. Right. 
um, he didn't want there to be any barriers, mm. right? So he wanted it to be open for everyone. We don't care if you're Vietnam or, you know, you were just in Afghanistan three weeks ago. Like, it doesn't matter to us. We don't, we want you to come out because he understood that there are a lot of wounds that are invisible, right? You can't mm. see if somebody has a traumatic brain injury or not, but it is really impacting their life. Yeah. Right. You can't necessarily see if somebody's depression is so bad that they're suicidal, but it is negatively impacting their life and their family, which is why he wanted the family as part of it. You heal the whole unit and you don't make them fill out a whole ton of paperwork and you don't run them through a ringer. You just this is how Jim was. You just open your arms and you say, you're welcome here. And the next question that we often get from this is, well, then how do you know that they really are better? And mm -hmm. it's like because they weed themselves out. <laughs> We don't have to know because there's a, a a fellowship there. There's a brotherhood, sisterhood there that you can't mimic. I don't care how many books you read, yeah. right? Like they just know it's part of it. So, um, yeah, that's that's why we we believe in, in. And I know there's a lot of groups that that work with you know post like 9/11. That these are all amazing, wonderful groups. Jim just really believed in a much more open process right. there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree and, and bringing in the first responders and recognizing the um, the long term trauma and, and the effects that it has on them um, I can speak firsthand. my husband this last 13 years on the department was a homicide investigator mm, that's rough um, his <laughs> no, this one's a fun one I haven't told this one today so you're the first one to get this one um, so he had a lieutenant that would want to punish him because my husband was going to run they had a little red book that you had to put your name in right my husband would run to the book as soon as it was open and put from every weekend from October 1st through mid-January in the books because he was going to go bow hunting. He was going to go be at Deerly's, you know, all <laughs> of that stuff was going to be on the books, right? Well, his lieutenant would get upset with him and um, punish him when he got back. His idea of punishment was to give my husband every dead baby call that came in. Wow. Yeah. That's brutal. So you have a man who has two small children. Yeah who is going to a baby autopsy on a regular basis. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, and, and what a lot of people may not realize is when they start investigating something like a SIDS case or a shaken baby case, the investigator has to befriend everybody that might be a suspect. Right. Because he needs the he, he needs to get into their you know their world and he doesn't know if they did it yet or not he you know he thinks he does so even after he is pretty sure he knows exactly what happened he cannot let on until they can prove it right and so he's having to be nice to this person who he knows just killed a six month old. If that doesn't put some mental strain on yeah. you, then nothing will, you know? And so these are the kinds of things that a lot of people may not realize law enforcement officers have to go through, yeah. you know? Um, and there has to be some decompression and some, and some just resets after that kind of an experience. Yeah. 
So that's one of the reasons, Jim, understanding and recognizing that, that we open things up to law enforcement and first responders. Um, and we also noticed a lot of law enforcement and first responders were our volunteers. Veterans. Yeah, yeah. and, and veterans. veterans and yeah. veterans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really rough. My dad was a police officer, and he was telling me how it's it's hard to see the evil that can happen just down the road from you. Mm-hmm. Like if you live in that community, you, it's not not to say that it's better or worse than than veterans that are in the military, but mm-hmm. living amongst the evil that you see mm-hmm. and that other people don't see. Like, as I became an adult, my dad explained that, why he was always on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Why he it, it didn't makes like more, malls. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. Amusement and, parks. Yep, exactly, <laughs> yep, why he always had to sit facing the exit, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, some of it's healthy and some of it's not uh, for, for obvious reasons. But, but I agree that there's a level of stress with, um, you know, with, with fire departments, EMTs. I mean, you see some terrible things as, as an EMT mm-hmm. um, that people don't think about. And, uh, it, yeah, it, it blows me away. Mm-hmm. It, it really does to, to know that, you know, people have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really sad that he is being, quote, unquote, punished for <laughs> wanting to enjoy, again, the outdoors, his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how it, that's that sickens me. That, yeah. Well, it was, it, it's rather warped group, but yeah. the other thing <laughs> oh, was, yeah, it, it, is. <laughs> it, it really is a very is. warped yeah. group. So, but, and, and, and if you look back, if taking it back to talking about the experiences my daughters got to have, mm-hmm. one of the compromises we made was my husband was felt more comfortable mm-hmm. out on the water and, and doing things like that. So we just made the vacations yeah. fun and out on the water so that the girls would start to enjoy it as much as we did. And instead of doing amusement parks a lot and things like that, that's what we did. We took them fishing. Yeah. Really cool places. Yeah. 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 You can go some really cool places and, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's nothing like watching your kids catch fish either, you know, and fight the fish and, you know, oh, I got a big one. It comes out. It's like two inches, you know, like a <laughs> little baby, little yeah. minnow. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's awesome. Uh, I, I think it's great to know that there's there's organizations out there that, that are looking after not not just military veterans, but also first responders. Um, I think that's even more than better because veterans get a voice in a lot of areas, a lot of organizations. Um, first responders not as much now they're both underserved communities Mm -hmm. for for sure um but but definitely the first responders kind of get forgotten they Mm -hmm. kind of fade into the background you know uh people don't even think about ambulances when they drive by except to pull over Mm -hmm. or that the fire department's always the first one on on the scene um so they get to see the worst part Mm -hmm. of it most Mm -hmm. of the time and keeping in mind you you bring that up Mm-hmm. Some of the trauma that a fireman sees, oh, they're yeah. first to roll up on a scene that may be an active shooting scene, mm-hmm. and they're not armed. Yep. They have no way yeah. to protect themselves. Yep. So that's that's something that in some cases can really be a traumatic event for them. Yeah. No, for sure. It's uh, Yeah, and EMTs too. You yeah. know, they they want to exactly. go in and help and, and serve, but you know, 
uh, having the active shooter or someone mm -hmm. that may have a weapon mm -hmm. um, or even they know does and they're trying to get to the person that's injured but they can't like mm -hmm. stuff like that I, I can't imagine having that job um, it takes it takes a special person mm -hmm. for sure to, to deal with that um, is there anything I'm not asking about the organization that you guys would like to share um, about heroes on the water I mean this is the first time I've heard about you um, but is there anything I'm not asking that you would like to share Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Um, well, we are always open to volunteers, participants, and donations. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we are, you know, we are a 501c3. So if somebody, you know, partnering with us is, is definitely an option. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we either at the chapter level, the community level, or at the national level, mm -hmm. depending. If you have a Heroes on the Water chapter in your community mm -hmm. reach out maybe yeah. even if you don't want to paddle you don't want to fish maybe you want to come help serve lunch yep. mm -hmm. maybe you you know maybe you want to help load kayaks or donate um, lunch or donate lunch you mm -hmm. know all yeah. of those things are the little things that help even if it's just to come out and and talk to the kids that aren't you know want to get out and, and are there with their parents and keeping them busy you know or something it there's a lot of different things that can be done at, a, at an event and we're always always looking for volunteers mm -hmm. awesome you know so so yeah no no talent too small and uh mm -hmm. you know i i agree with that too that sometimes you know people i've i've seen this a lot people look down on people that write checks mm-hmm because they're like, well, you're too good to come help. I don't. So, nope. I was going to say, right, well, I love those people. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, not you as an organization, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but people it. outside of, of it looking in, like, oh, he's too good for that. Well, honestly, there's good on both ends. People that can't afford to write the check should give of their time. Right. People that can't afford to write the check and don't have the time should do that way like both are acts of service mm -hmm. right. in in their own right and both and needed exactly and both needed exactly yeah, because and we shouldn't fight against no, either we one love of all them, of them right? mm -hmm. yes we're a very inclusive group that way <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> time yeah. and money guys that's right <laughs> and lifetime if you're listening they need kayaks no okay <laughs> Uh, but no, that that's that is true, and I just wanted to point that out because I, I know there's some people that they just have busy lives. They're always traveling or whatever, and can't give of their time. They want to, um, but they have the, the finances that they can do it. And and uh, it, it is it's weird. It's a weird dichotomy that people will look down on either one. You know, uh, well you can't afford to write a check or you can't afford your time. You know, both are needed. Both are definitely needed in, in volunteer spaces. So, um, yeah, if you can, uh, definitely, you know, anyone out there listening, if you can donate, whether it be kayaks, do you guys accept kayak donations as well, or um, checks, or uh, also of your time to your local chapter, um, where can they find the list of local chapters or where they can, you know, it's, offer to? Yeah, so to it's heroesonthewater.org, and we've made the website really easy for you to navigate. So if you're interested in finding a chapter, just go to programs and then volunteer-led chapters. Everything you need is right there. Um, if you want to donate to us, there's a donate button in the top right-hand corner. That's even easier. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to donate specifically to your community chapter, it's the same thing. Go to the volunteer-led chapters. There's a, the map there. You click on it. Every chapter has its own web page and their own Facebook page, and you can find a way to donate directly to that 
They have mm-hmm. a, donate, a donate button. They have on their a donate webs. button on their webpage too. So we try to make it as easy yeah. as possible. And and that's you know. And if that's not your thing, because it's not everybody's thing, then our address is also on there, and yeah. you can write us a check. I'll be happy to deposit it for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And honestly, uh, who doesn't want to go fishing with? Yeah. A group of people, a good group of people that just want to serve their community. You right. know, um, I, I can't think of anyone that that wouldn't want to do that. So definitely go check them out. You said heroesonthewater.org. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you can give uh, your time and money, awesome. If you can give your time, great. Um, but it's definitely needed for, for our veterans and our uh, first responders for sure. And uh, thanks again for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank um, you do you have any other social media or anything that people can go look you up on? Oh, yeah. We're everywhere. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. We have all of it, and you can get LinkedIn. to all of it. LinkedIn. Are you on TikTok? Not yet, but we're working on it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're working on it. I tried it. it. It's I, like... still, I, can't, I can't do it. I can do reels. I can't do TikTok. Right. I, yeah, I, for I, some I, reason, I just can't do well, it. Well, that's a big conversation yeah. in my group because that's what we do, right? Yeah. So it's like, which way do we go? We do have a lot of videos, though, on mm-hmm. Instagram and um, and on our YouTube channel. So Cool. So just Heroes like, on the Water on mm-hmm. all those places? Yeah, Heroes cool. on the Water. That's awesome. All right. Well, everyone, you go check them out. I'll leave the links down below. And again, thank you for your time, Camille and Laura. Thank you. Um, thank and you. I really, really hope everyone out there listening can give of their time um, and volunteer for this opportunity. So uh, thanks again. And of course, as I always say, get out, live your life and love it. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to this amazing conversation. Hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with these ladies from Heroes on the Water. I'll leave the link to their Uh, their Instagram and whatever other pages they may have so that you can go check out their pages and help support this amazing cause. We definitely want to support the people that have given so much and sacrificed so much of their lives for us in this country and just show our respects in that way. Of course, if you gained anything from this, if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it. Uh, Also leave a review wherever it is that you may listen. It definitely helps the show grow and that's how we're going to keep moving. Thank you so much for your support. There's so many podcasts out there you could listen to, and yet you choose to continue coming back for these awesome conversations. I genuinely really do appreciate it. Hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. Go spend it with loved ones. Get outside as much as possible. And of course, live your life and love it.